Hey listeners, I'm so excited to share with you a preview of a new podcast I think everyone should hear. It's hosted by the American icon, Anita Hill, and called Getting Even. On this show, Anita talks with trailblazers who have taken risks to make our society more equal. People like Kimberly Crenshaw, who describes how she coined the terms intersectionality and critical race theory, and Missy Copeland on the ways her body is scrutinized and held up against white standards. Plus, Arlen Hamilton, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and more. You'll hear stories from their lives and their work, and amazing lessons about looking outside the lines, breaking the rules, and forging our own paths to equality. Now, here's a preview of Anita's conversation with Sukari Hartnett. The two look to the future, discussing the significance of the first Black female nominee to the Supreme Court. They also look back to 1991, when Sukari submitted a written statement to the Senate Judiciary Committee telling them about the sexual harassment she witnessed working with Clarence Thomas. But the committee never called her to testify. Anita asks, what if? What if the Senate had taken their testimony seriously? How might have changed public conversation? And what progress was lost in turn? Listen now and find more episodes of Getting Even with Anita Hill wherever you get your podcast. Okay, it is recording. Sukari, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Great. I am so glad to be having this conversation with you. I have always wanted not only for myself to hear what you had to say, but I want the world to hear your voice. And I am ever grateful that you came forward. And I feel really fortunate to be able to provide this platform for you to speak today, even though it is 30 years late. (laughs) Thank you very much. My interest in civil rights came from just growing up in New Orleans. I grew up in a very volatile period. There were demonstrations at the, uh, we used to call them five and ten cent stores, Woolworths. And early on, I teamed up with my friends and we would just stage, you know, demonstrations. We'd go to theaters and try to integrate. We'd go to lunch counters and we'd try to integrate. We'd ride the buses and sit in the front of the bus to try to integrate. And that really was my lifelong experience. So working at the EEOC must have been like reaching a a high point in your career since you were interested in civil rights law. Well, actually, it, it was very disappointing. When I got to the commission, I worked in the Office of Review and Appeals, and we were basically um, locked in our offices during the day. We were able to leave our offices to go and have lunch, and we were basically not given any training or any support on how to prepare or to do the, the appeals. And we were discouraged from deciding an appeal in favor of some of the people who filed appeals. So I I just felt that it was dishonest. So I went to the chairman's office to say, thank you for hiring me, but I just can't do this job anymore. 
And at that time, he says, oh, you don't have to leave. Why don't you come and work in my office? So I was poor. I didn't have any money. I needed a job. I didn't have any other prospects in sight. So I um, decided to take him up on that offer. And I, you know, went to Clarence's office. <laughs> Little did I know. I was jumping from the skillet directly into the fire. So describe the environment in that office. Clarence, he was, he was like a fox in a hen house. He would approach different females at the commission. He would talk about their bodies. He would talk about his personal life. He would talk about people that he was dating. He talked about things that I really wasn't particularly interested in discussing with him. And this is my personal feeling. He felt that all the black women at the commission were really there at his beck and call to say whatever he wanted to say to them, to attempt to do whatever he wanted to do, and that we were just, we and they were just there to accept it and not to, um, not to complain about it. And, and I must admit, I never saw him interact that way with any of the white females at the commission. Do you remember when you first found out that Thomas was being considered for the Supreme Court? Yes, I do. That was just a preview of the new podcast from Pushkin Industries, Getting Even with Anita Hill. You can hear more episodes wherever you get your podcasts.